On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about my experience running the Cardiff Half Marathon. I discuss why I've started a vlog and I talk about the idea that you have all of the tools you need to begin what you want to do and therefore you owe it to a younger version of yourself to go and start. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 173 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is a place where I share the lessons I wish I knew sooner. Think of this as me learning out loud, sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Now, let's not talk about the fact that it has been weeks. Let's not talk about the fact that it's 9pm on a Saturday night and I'm choosing to impromptuly release a podcast. It was on my list, come what may, to get one out this week because I've been meaning to for a few weeks time. Everything has been busy. Didn't have a chance earlier in the week. So I thought, you know what? I've just got in from having food with some friends. It's still quite early. I don't need to go to bed for a couple more hours. So I thought I'd pull the microphone out and record. By the way, if you listened to the previous episode a few weeks ago, number 172, I apologize about the sound quality on that. I don't know what was happening with the microphone then. I don't know what's happening with the microphone now because actually it's only coming out mono. The right channel is working, the left is not. I think there's something wrong with the cable that sends the audio from the microphone to the software. So I'll buy a new one of those. I think it sounds okay this week based on the little test I did, whereas the last episode sounded awful. So I apologize if you went to listen to that and couldn't because it was just a bit shit. But anyway, I thought I would jump on and just have a little chat, have a little catch up and see what's what. There's a few things I want to tell you about, some of which you would have already seen if you're watching the vlog. If you are, thank you. If you're not and you don't even know I'm doing a vlog because you just live in this podcast world. I'll put a link in the show notes to the YouTube channel and to the vlog. Um, it's exciting. I'm doing a vlog, but we'll get onto that later. The first thing I want to tell you about is the Cardiff Half Marathon, because of course, if you've been listening along to this for any duration of time this year, you would have heard me speak about it constantly, right? So a few weekends ago, Sunday, the 1st of October, I ran the Cardiff Half Marathon. Half Marathon is 21 kilometers, about 13.1 miles, and it was okay. If we rewind to the beginning of the year, I put on my list of things I wanted to do this year for like the third year in a row that I wanted to run a half marathon. It's been on the list for years and I never did anything about it. So a few days into the year, I think it was maybe like the 6th of January, I think I was sat in the office and I'm like, you know what, if I don't just register for this half marathon now and cause a problem that I need to deal with, i.e. register for it pay for it, tell everybody I'm doing it, I'm not going to do it. So I had to just put the the fork in the ground to register and force myself to begin training. And then I started training back in, I think, very late February, possibly early March. I started by doing the Couch to 5K app, which by the way, if you have any interest whatsoever in beginning running is incredible. Like the, the progression across the, I think it's 12 or so weeks, I think I could be wrong, 10 to 12 weeks, the progression that it takes you through to get you from the position I was in where I literally could not run at all, period, like the 60 second run at the beginning of that program made me feel like I was about to die to being able to just a few months later go and run 
a half marathon and things went less than ideal in the half marathon as I'll tell you about but that is through no fault of that part of the training it's really good so I highly recommend if you have any interest whatsoever in just getting out and about more increasing your steps getting a bit more exercise in or just teaching yourself the process of how to run because I've learned that learning to run is essentially learning to breathe and learning to pace yourself and learning to uh, consume the right calories I guess they're the three components one of those the learning to breathe part is done really well for the couch to 5k app so I did that and then I had my big injury in I think April time was very sore took a couple of months off got back to running went from like 5k to 10k to 15k and then about two months ago I just kind of stopped training things got busy a couple of things in life changed and I just couldn't find the motivation, to be quite honest, to follow a training plan, to follow a proper program. And in the absence of that proper training program, I just kind of stopped. There was no structure. I was very busy. I knew that I was probably going to be able to run the half marathon distance anyway, since I did that 15K run, which isn't far off a half marathon. So I thought, you know what? I will just wing it. And so the 1st of October came around. And you see this in episode two of the vlog, actually, you can see a little bit more behind the scenes of what I was going through that day. But on the day, I thought I was fairly well prepared. Like I was nervous. Of course I was. I was a bit unsure of what happens when, because it was my first half marathon and my first organized race event period. So I was a bit unsure in that sense, but I thought I had prepared pretty well. In a lot of ways, it felt like any other run. It felt like any other kind of longer run that I've been on where you feel a bit nervous beforehand but then as you get running it just kind of goes okay and you get into the flow of things and it might be a bit uncomfortable but you just get used to it before you know it you're finished now the first half of the race up until we got to Cardiff Bay which is almost exactly the halfway point so what's that about 7k a distance that I have ran many times before and I know that I can run I got to that distance and I just thought something feels off and on the day I couldn't put my finger on it. Actually, that night after the half marathon, I recorded a link in the vlog where I said, I think it was to do with my blood sugar because that's what it felt like to me. It felt like this kind of low energy. I, my skin was tingly. There was all sorts of sensations I didn't recognize. And I thought it must have been to do with my blood sugar. But despite that, I was eating a bunch of sweets along the course that people were giving me because that's just what they do when there's like a marathon or a half marathon on people hand out sweets and whatever to keep you going. I had three energy gels within the first like seven kilometers. I was, I thought, drinking enough water on the day on the course. Like everything seemed to be going as it should have done. And yet I just didn't feel quite right. And then probably another two or three kilometers into the race, that's when things got really weird. So although it was a warm morning, it was like 24 degrees that morning, which is crazy for October. And I had been running by this point for about 90 minutes. I was really cold. Like it's hard to describe what I mean, because obviously I was out of breath and struggling and all of those sensations of having been running were there. But physically I felt cold and my arms were covered in these like really lumpy, goosebumps which again was weird but I thought nothing of it I just assumed that it was well I'll be honest I didn't assume it was anything in the moment like when you're that far into a race and you're struggling you're not really processing what it might be and doing these like decision trees you're just like wow this is weird okay I'll carry on running and then I felt a little bit like tingly on the skin that's the best way to describe it which is why I thought it was blood sugar and my left ankle had basically completely given up 
which I guess you could call muscle cramps, right? And then the next day, so like probably 24 hours after the race, which I finished, by the way, in two hours and 16 minutes, which I'm not overly disappointed about, but the second half was just like a mini hell. Like it felt really bad. And although the time was okay because there were people there to keep me going and whatever, like it was a real, real struggle inside of a distance that I have done many times before. So I was Googling 24 hours later and trying to work out the the possible causes for why I felt that way to make sure that whenever I do a long run next, I don't feel that way. And so I Googled all of these symptoms together and the top result was the NHS website talking about like um, severe dehydration, right? And some of the symptoms are feeling lightheaded or dizzy, which I guess was like the tingliness, having goosebumps, which was the goosebumps, um, uh, trouble regulating temperature. I felt freezing, having been running for two hours. Uh, muscle cramps, hence my left ankle just seizing up entirely and everything hurting a little bit inside of a distance I've done before. So then I retraced my steps over the previous few days. And actually, when I think about it, although I drank a reasonable amount of water during the run, like every chance I could get to get some water, I would take it because I felt thirsty as you do when you're running. I didn't quite consider or realize or even like know, as in I didn't have the knowledge to know that hydration is measured on a scale of like many days, the many days leading up to a race. And when I retrace my steps, like I say, the day before the race, I was out and about in Cardiff collecting my race number, getting some bits from a few shops that I needed, driving around. I probably didn't consume really any water for that entire day. And then the day before I left the office quite early to go into Cardiff, which means I wasn't sat at my desk drinking water all day. Again, probably very little water. And then all I had that morning, because I wasn't really thinking, because it was just like any other run, because I was trying to like keep the nerves down, was a Red Bull and a double espresso and a tiny water with some electrolytes in. I think what happened on that run is that I was very dehydrated and it was so humid outside. Hence what I said about it being 24 degrees in October. And I was pushing myself to try and achieve a good pace. And with the lack of fluids, my body just said no. It just kind of gave up in a way that I don't think I've ever really experienced before. Now, it wasn't severe. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I fainted or couldn't complete the race, but there was a like a physical feeling of discomfort that wasn't struggling to breathe because I'm running too fast. Like my breathing was fine. It wasn't just feeling a bit fatigued because, you know, it's a long distance. That's par for the course when you're running long distances. It was this different feeling, this feeling that I've never felt before. And I think the answer to what it was is dehydration. So that is the big lesson, I guess, that I took from this first half marathon, which is that in the days before, you really need to be hydrating. You really need to be carb loading. You really need to be recovering and resting and tapering off your training and de-stressing and just removing anything that could hinder your performance on the day so that when your body is in that situation, which is understandably uncomfortable, right? How often do we run 10 to 15 miles ever in life? We don't do that in this day and age unless you're doing some sort of crazy event, right? So I think the next time around when I do it, there will be lots of lessons to take on board. And it is for that reason that on the 10th of December, I'm going to run the Milton Keynes Winter Half Marathon, which is a far less organized event from what I can see. I mean, it is a official time-chipped organized half marathon. So like I can get my official time and whatever. But what I mean is it's not like a whole city closed down and tens of thousands of people cheering you and music and the, the fire flying up from the sky at the start line. It's not stuff like that. It's just like a little half marathon where 
I guess a few hundred people will take part, but I'm now aiming towards that to get my time as close as possible to two hours. Because when I work backwards and think about how much time I lost having to walk or stretch out that ankle or losing pace because I felt terrible or stopping at water stations because I felt so thirsty on the previous run. And that was two hours and 16 minutes. I think that can get a lot, lot closer to two hours if I just do this one correctly. So that is my short-term running goal. And as part of that, I'm doing a new training block, which will actually lead into the running related goals that I have for next year, which I will probably tell you about next year. I won't be talking about those anytime soon, but that training block that I began this week is for next year. This half marathon that I'm going to be running is just kind of part of that training. So that's happening on the 10th of December in about eight weeks time. I'll let you know how I get on as things progress. Um, But yeah, the Cardiff Half Marathon was fun. Thank you for listening along to the updates over the past few months. Thank you if you supported by donating. If you include gift aid, there was a £3,305 donated and raised for the Alzheimer's Society, which is incredible. So thank you if you donated. And even if you didn't, thank you for listening along and the messages of support and just anything that you have done, even if I'm not aware of it, because it was cool to be able to tick the item off of my list that's been there for three years to actually run a half marathon. And in doing so, realize that I quite enjoy running and in doing so, open up this whole new hobby and the events to look forward to and the kind of people that I've got to know through it. It's all been amazing and I'm excited for the future of it all. So that is the half marathon update. I guess the other big update is the vlog, right? Which I touched on briefly at the beginning. So it must've been about two months ago now that I just randomly decided on a whim that I want to do a vlog. And there have been questions asked on this podcast before by those who listen of whether I'd ever do a vlog. I think I've literally answered two separate questions on two separate occasions on this vlog over the years by saying no. Now I won't go into the big, long, boring answers of why I'm doing a vlog, but essentially there are two key reasons, three key reasons, if I'm being really honest. Number one is because I just kind of want to do one, right? It's it's nice, the idea of documenting my life in such a way that I can look back on, on a scale of years in the similar way to what this podcast is, right? I can listen back to what I was thinking almost four years ago in great detail, which is amazing. And being able to then do that in a few years time visually it's just really cool. Secondly, I think there is a gap for a vlog like this, because if you've watched any of the episodes so far, you'll realize that it's not that exciting, right? It's not flying abroad and speaking at big events and going on private jets and buying cars and watches. It's way more understated than that. It's way more real than that in as much as it is a view into what it's actually like to be growing a business. Because I think that not enough people really show that side of their lives when vlogging. They try and make it exciting and they try and make it clickbaity and they try and get the good thumbnails on YouTube and the exciting storylines. I just want to be real. Like the vlog that comes out tomorrow, which may be out by the time you listen to this, is really underwhelmingly boring in so many ways because it is the period of time from the Tuesday after the half marathon until the Sunday of me being in the office, being really run down, trying to eat in a calorie deficit, not being recovered, having a sore leg, struggling to get anything done, feeling really tired. That's not exciting in so many ways, but I do think that there is a gap for a vlog which shows what it's like to be trying. And that's how I put it, as I explained this in the very first episode, right? I want the vlog to be me much in the same ways that this podcast is, just another medium where I can document what it's like to be trying. 
what it's like to be trying to grow a business, what it's like to be trying to write a book, what it's like to be trying to train for half marathons and marathons, what it's like to try and grow content, right? What it's like to be trying isn't always exciting. But I think, especially when you scale it over a few years, if I stay consistent with this, it is far more interesting, far more valuable than exciting blogs. And then number three, if I'm really cynical, is also because I'm spending so much time writing the book and I realize that the book will perform better if I have a bigger audience to promote it to. And things like podcasts and short form content are very difficult to grow in a meaningful way for their own reasons. That doesn't mean they don't have their place in this kind of pyramid of different types of content that I'm creating. They all have their place, but to get people to buy in on scale in such a way that has discoverability to hopefully grow a bigger following between now and probably 2025 when that book comes out. I think that vlogs on YouTube, longer form vlogs, so you'll notice that each episode is about half an hour long, is the way to do it. So I'm just excited about the vlog and there will be changes to all of the content and how it's released and how it interacts with each other, probably closer to the new year. So I will tell you about that then. There's nothing you really need to know now. It's not like anything's changing or being removed in a significant way. Like the podcast will remain, the vlog will remain, the short form content will remain, la la la. Like it's all going to be there. But just making it all work closer together in a way that makes more sense, frankly, for me, but I guess hopefully also for you. So that's all in the works. I'll tell you about that when I can because. There's lots of planning that needs to happen before I can be sure that it would work and I can be sure that it makes sense. So look out for that towards the end of the year if you're in any way invested about the future of this content and this podcast and whatever, because there will be minor but significant changes to how it's released and in kind of what order, probably at the beginning of next year. And then just the very last thing I want to talk about, and this will probably be quick, is I had this realization yesterday, which is kind of why I wanted to record this episode now, right? I, I could so easily have just not done this episode, but I felt compelled to speak about this idea because I was editing episode three of the vlog and I was watching back my life, which is a weird thing to do anyway, because as I edit it, I look through all of the footage and I probably have like three hours of my life every week that I look back on and I see like the intricate thoughts and the stuff that makes it and the stuff that doesn't and the B-roll of me working and stuff going on in the background and everything. And I realized that I have a lot of tools in my life right now that allow me to do the things I do, right? And I think it's important for all of us to realize the tools that we have at our disposal. And I mean tools both literally, but also conceptually, right? So if I look at what it takes to create and produce the vlog, the vlog has like a 500 pound camera just to make it be 4K and nice and easy to film, right? 500 quid on a camera. To edit it, I need a like 3,000 pound MacBook Pro. And to be honest, this is getting old and will probably need to be upgraded in a year or so, but nonetheless, an expensive MacBook Pro, right? Then the desk space I have in the office to sit and edit it in comfort and give it the attention. And then the software to edit it and the other software to make the thumbnails and the money to license the mainstream music that's in every video, because I think that's important. And then the time granted to me through being able to control my own schedule to be able to do it. And then I guess even if you extend out the permission I have to be able to film my entire life because I work for myself, so there's nobody to tell me no. And then the confidence to even begin in the first place, right? The confidence to be able to film my entire life and share all of my thoughts and then put it in 4K on the internet for anybody and everybody to watch. 
And then even things like an internet connection, right? If you listen to the first few episodes, you'll remember me talking about the fact that probably 10 or 11 years ago now, there was a time period where we couldn't afford the internet. So I didn't have the internet, right? You need the internet to do this. And the internet isn't something that you can take for granted. And I know this because there was a period of time where I didn't have it because I couldn't have it. So I couldn't do this right. And when I look at all of these different tools that I have, which when they come together, allow me to do something that seems fairly insignificant, but actually that has a huge barrier to entry, right? People like Gary Vee will say, oh, just grab your phone and start vlogging. It's easy, but it's like it's not, right? And vlogging is a example that I use here to illustrate the point that almost everything that you're able to do right now in the position you're in, whatever position that is, is because of tools that you have at your disposal that you haven't always had, right? You probably haven't always had the confidence to be doing the job you have right now or to have the partner you have right now, right? You may not have had the confidence in the past to approach them and begin a conversation or whatever it was. You haven't always had the financial resource that you might have right now or the time that you currently have on your side. You may not have always had the physical tools, the cameras, the MacBooks, the the software, the hardware, the house to live in, the office, the desk, the internet, right? There have been periods of your life where you would have hoped and prayed that one day you could have things that you now have. A car is a great example, right? I remember when I first did my driving lessons 10 years ago, I thought, what is the point? I will never be able to afford a car. I'll never be able to afford insurance. Why do I even bother? So I gave up. And at that point, having a car seemed impossible, right? I now have a car, which for the past three years, of course, has has granted me untold freedoms to go where I want and do what I want and unlock clients from further away and be able to see people from further away and all the things that obviously come along with a car and we take a car for granted. But I guess the point of all of this is me saying that you're probably telling yourself a story right now about all of the things you don't have and all of the reasons you can't do the things that you might want to do, right? And some of those stories might be true. You might not have the money right now to do what you want to do in life. You might not have the confidence yet to speak to the people you want to speak to or to get yourself to the places you want to get to. But if you stop looking for just a moment at what you don't have, at the things that are yet to be ticked off of your list, and you just zoom out and look backwards for, say, 10 years, and you look at all of the things that you have so far accumulated that are now at your disposal that you can use to do what you want with that you didn't once have, all of the things you've unlocked, right? Maybe it's the house, maybe it's the office, maybe it's the laptop, maybe it's the car, maybe it's the people, maybe it's the the knowledge and connections, whatever it is, you have things on your side, you have tools that you once wished you had, And you're probably not using them because you're probably still focusing far too much on that other list, the list of things that you don't yet have. And you're telling yourself until I have those things over there, I can't start. But when you do that, that's dangerous because you neglect looking at the huge number of things that you have, which would enable you to begin right now. And I just think people need to do that more often. You need to realize all of the things you have going for you. And look, for you, that list might be tiny, right? Genuinely, it might be. It might be huge. You might have lots of disposable income and huge amounts of time and knowledge and whatever. Or you might just be starting out and you may have no money at all, right? You may be working a job that you hate that means that you have no spare time other than a couple of hours in the evening. But even then, you can probably, especially if you force yourself to look at it, really audit your life, look at every single thing you have at your disposal, even if it's just silly things like a hunger, if you really want to get somewhere more than the next person, that's a tool you can use. Maybe you have a couple of hours each evening. 
that is a tool that you can use because if you have the insight to realize that you have that time, that time doesn't belong to Netflix. That time doesn't belong to TikTok. That time is yours and it's a tool. And if you realize you can use it, you will use it. When you realize that you have tools, I just think it it forces you to stop lying to yourself that now isn't the time, that you're not the person, that this isn't the thing. Now is the time and you are the person and this is the thing. And you probably have everything you need to begin. And you probably haven't always had that stuff, which means you owe it to a past version of yourself to just begin. Because once upon a time, a few years ago, you told yourself when you have these things, the things that you now have, then it would be the right time. Guess what? The time has arrived. We're here now. You've got that stuff. Even if it's not ideal, you need to begin. And so that's the thought that this vlog has given me. And I want to jump on here and share that. I think that is everything for this week. As always, apologies for the last few weeks of radio silence. Although do subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already, because the vlog output will be fairly consistent for at least the next few months as I get up and running with it. There will be another podcast at some point. Not sure when, maybe Thursday or Friday when it comes out. Maybe not. I don't know, but there'll be one soon. I'll try and keep uploading here as often as possible until this new format is solidified and then I can get back to being really consistent but in the meantime thank you as always for listening I hope you have a good week or few weeks or however long it's going to be and I'll see you back here sometime soon hopefully next week for episode number 174 of life and lessons see you then Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.